Our hope is to create a safe place for authentic conversation around the ins and outs of life as we all try to navigate following Jesus in the world we live in today. Thanks for joining us and welcome to the conversation. Hey, welcome back to the Young and Adulting Podcast. My name is Alec, and we are so glad that you are joining us once again for another amazing episode. Hey, today, um, it's almost Thanksgiving time, and there's a lot of maybe tension that comes around this time of the year. For some of us, we're maybe with our families all the time, or for some of us, this is our first time seeing our family in a long time. And we all know that Thanksgiving and the holidays can be an amazing time filled with joy and family, but there's can also be some maybe stress and anxiety that comes around spending time with our families. And today, our hope is simple. Our, our hope is that we can maybe address some of the questions that are asked when maybe family time doesn't go as we've planned, or maybe we're dreading going to see a certain family member or spending extended amounts of time with family. But our hope today is this, is that we can address some of those hot topic questions and that we can have clarity and we can have peace going into these holiday seasons because that's what it's all about. Uh, But today, joined with me um, are two of my amazing friends. First, we have Roman. Uh, Roman is um, at our Royal Palm Campus looking after Connections. We love him so much. And then the legend herself, been on the podcast before, Pastor Lisa Duvall, been with Christ Fellowship for what, over 25 years, years. serving with your husband, Pastor James. Um, Would love for you guys just to tell our our viewers a little bit about yourself, um, and then we'll jump into some of these questions today. Can't wait. Ladies thank, first. Thank you, sir. Yes. So I grew up in a single family home. My mom raised four of us by herself. No dad in the home most of the time. Or when we actually merged at holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas, there was a lot of awkwardness and tension. Mm. And then, um, so I have that. Then I actually am married, obviously, like you said. And so have in, intersected with in-laws and navigating my husband intersecting with my family, which um, you know can be a little spicy because he's a strong leader. So yeah, <laughs> so yeah, strong opinion. So have a lot of um, lessons learned on navigating family dynamics. Not always right, but hopefully some wisdom. I love that. that's amazing. Roman, what about you? Yeah, so I actually too grew up in a single family home. It was my mom, and then I actually have six siblings. Whoa! And so we have a full full house, and so I have five sisters, a brother. Um, three of my siblings are married. So then I have the the brother-in-law and then the sister-in-law and I have three, four nieces. Oh my and goodness. so we're a very tight knit family. And so we do a lot together, but especially during the holidays, everybody is coming together. And so a lot of different personalities, a lot of fun. And so it's it's a good time, but sometimes it can be a stressful one Dude, as well. You need a huge table for your family. That's all I'm saying. We, like, you, you have come. to bring out the tables from the garage that you never see. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's a conference. That's, when inc- it, when it comes. <laughs> that's, so, in, that's incredible. Now, yeah. Roman, are you the, the youngest, the oldest? Where are you, where are you in the yeah, mix? Yeah, so I am the third youngest. Third youngest. So we got all of the older ones, and then there's myself, and then my two twin sisters are the younger ones. Wow, so. that's incredible. Now, Pastor Lisa, do you have any siblings? 
I have three siblings, okay. two older brothers and older sisters, so I'm the baby of the family. Oh, no way. Yeah, so, I'm, you know, the babies are the special people. Yeah, they you get bring, the special treatment? I get special treatment. <laughs> yep, that's exactly right. So wow. my oldest brother is 10 years older than me, then eight years older, then my sister's five years older. That's crazy. Now, I'm the opposite. So I'm the oldest in mm. my family, so I had all the older people. Come on, you, you know, you have it's hard <laughs> growing up. Like, you yes. just, like, mom and dad aren't as lenient. I didn't have a phone until I was 15. I couldn't text until I was 16. My sisters now, they're like 10. They have like the brand new iPhone. I'm like, what, what is what is going yeah. on? But I actually, I have four younger sisters, um, all under the age of 15, which wow. is crazy. So 15, 13, 12, and 11. I don't know how that works, mm-hmm. but it did. Um, and it's 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 always a good time though. Yeah. Um, absolutely love every minute of it. But I was a single child until I was 10 years old. And then suddenly out of nowhere, like <laughs> sisters and they're all wow, sisters. So it's, you. it's a great, oh yeah, bless me. But so family time is also very interesting around yeah. um, our house as well. Um, the 15 year old is finally like liking boys and it's like, ah, ah we got to stop. We got to stop <laughs> this. this. A lot. Oh, it's a lot. Dinner times get very interesting. Um, but hey, I, I want to dive into our conversation yeah. today. And the questions that we're going to be asking uh, actually came from our Instagram, social media. Mm-hmm. So these are questions that you are asking about how to navigate uh, the family season coming up. And the first question, I love this question. Pastor Lisa, you're going to love this. It's for you. And the question literally came in. It was two words and a punctuation. In-laws question mark. (laughs) In-laws question mark. I don't know how to take that, but... I would love for you just to maybe share some some insight on, on what is that? Yeah, what's that look like? That's right. That's right. You're gonna be you're gonna have in laws here soon. I, I am. You are in seventy eight days. No one's counting. No one's yeah. counting. Were you the one that put this question in? Uh, uh, maybe maybe it was me. I don't know. Now now that, that was really slick. That's good. Well, someone we know oh, turned thank in you, a question Lisa. on in laws. So yeah, I think um, well, this could go lots of different ways. Obviously, I'm thinking about in laws and in a holiday season like we are. So maybe, and thinking about young adults that maybe were introduced to new in-law, this concept of in-laws is maybe new to people who are listening. So with that said, I went back to my days of being a young bride in my first couple of years and interacting with my in-laws. And so that's where this, where my nugget of wisdom is going to come from because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not yet an in-law. So, um, because my kids aren't married. So, so my first is be curious. Okay. Just, at, at, you know, be curious about traditions. Like, did this start from Aunt Susie Bob? Where did this come from? Did, who made this pie? Is this recipe from, like, really be sacred? Is it sacred? And yeah, don't make crazy faces when you t- taste food. That that just came to me right now. So if this is like the recipe of the lifetime of the Duval family, don't be like, oh, you know, so you need to. Pastor your face. Yeah, pastor. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. That's awesome. We yeah. haven't said that in so long. I oh, remember, I've never heard it. So you never this, heard that? No. no I'm I, down. Oh, I have to. So side note, when we were in lockdown, quarantine, all of our meetings were on Zoom. Someone would say something and you could just see it across every, like every square. Like some people are excited. Some people are just like, ah. And I remember getting texts like, Alec, pastor your face. You're not saying anything, but you're definitely disappointed. (laughs) So. That's good. Okay, pastor your face. This is that's a word for all (laughs) young adults entering into in law world, and is pastor your face on food and conversation. Oh, that's good. Good word. That probably will go for the whole podcast right here. Pastor your face. Yeah. (laughs) So, but yeah, be curious. Ask a lot of questions. Learn about your new uh, your new family that you've Mm -hmm. married into, and so um, learn about cultural differences. Now, James and I are from. We don't. We don't have 
cultural differences, like he's not Latin, although I want to be Latin. When I go to heaven, I'm going to be Latin. Mm. But So we don't have those kind of cultural differences, but I'm from the South, and we have certain cultural um, things that we eat and do that James had to be okay with and not and pastor his face well yes. and be curious about. So just kind of um, be curious, enjoy learning new things um, about your the people, your, live, uh, your new family. Yeah. And then I would say is look to be honoring. I understand that some in-laws may not be honoring. Maybe they don't do things that are honorable, mm-hmm. but God's word talks about, it doesn't really say you honor and under conditions that they're honorable. It yeah. says honor your, and now you have a new mother-in-law and father-in-law. And so try to find ways to honor. Um, you may have to look hard, but yeah. so be curious and be honoring. No, that's great. And I'm, and I'm sure I'm, I'm not married, going to be married in, in January. Um, but I'm also sure it, it goes a long way in your marriage if you do honor your other half's parents, right. because that was their their upbringing, yep. who they looked to, who they were raised by. Really, right. you're looking at who modeled life mm-hmm. For yeah. them. Um, and I can just imagine there's probably some tensions around that. Mm-hmm. But when we do seek to honor, like we're not only honoring them, yeah. but we're honor- also going to be honoring our, our future spouse, which is going to make right. our, our marriage even better. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. So honor, it just came to me honoring the best tip I can give and honoring as a new entering into new family dynamics, like in laws is say less, ask more. Mm-hmm. So make less statements yep. and declarative statements. Well, we did what, you know, no one wants to know what you did in your family. You're entering into a new family. Yeah. So ask questions. So just make less statements, opinions, dogmatic statements, just yeah. ask more questions. And it goes back to your first, first point is being curious. Yeah. Just yeah. be curious. Tell yeah. me how did this tradition start? Like what, what, what about this makes it so special? And yeah. probably you're going to get a, a litany of mm-hmm. history of, well, my great grandparents and, mm-hmm. and suddenly it's not weird anymore, but mm-hmm. you're understanding like, wow, this has been a part mm-hmm. of their, yeah. their culture and, and their yeah. upbringing for, for decades and, and you know generations. What? Yeah, yeah. You may even hear something and you're like, I want to keep this tradition going <laughs> in my family. Yeah. 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 And so then that actually does honor the culture of the family that you're entering into. And you're like, that's the one we're going to keep because James yeah. and I do keep a lot of his family's traditions and a lot of mine. And I think that's a great way to honor your in-laws is like, I love this tradition. This mm. is great. Cause yeah. you may not love a lot of other things, that's, but we're going to look for the yeah. things that we love. Well, so yeah. And I find it interesting because this question was in-laws question mark. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I immediately was like, okay, I get to clock out. Like I'm not married. I don't have in-laws, but, but it actually doesn't say mother and father in law. Mm. It says yeah. in-laws. in-laws. And you know, my sister got married. My brother got married. My other sister got ah. married. And so we actually, I may have not inherited a mother-in-law, but now I have a brother-in-law. Brother and sister-in-law. I have a yeah. sister-in-law. Ah. And so it's even looking at maybe you're a young adult and maybe a sibling is getting married and you're trying to navigate, okay, now I have another brother, but they're not really my brother, but they're an in-law. And That's so what does good, that Roman. look like? And so I think we, we want to make sure we even pause in that and say, okay. Yeah. And I think that everything you said was spot on because- that's applicable for if it is a mother-in-law, if it is a father-in-law, a brother-in-law, a sister-in-law. And I think one of the big things when I inherited some in-laws through my sisters and my brother, it was being open to change. Yep. I think that is a huge thing because when they come in, they bring in their own personality and, and loving them where they're at, I, I think is huge. So I think not just Brilliant. looking at the parent-in-law, but then also just in-laws in general, yeah. I think is cool. And I think for, for our generation, I'm going to say it to the camera, guys, change is not a bad yeah. thing. It's part of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we start to adapt to change, yep. life gets easier and we're able to really navigate those changes when they come. Yeah. Um, and I think you guys touched on it so beautifully that 
changes can be beautiful mm-hmm. and we just have to embrace them and, and not run away from them. Okay. Nope. Amazing. All right. Well, hey, uh, our second question that, that came in through social media, um, and, and it's not as clear. So I'd love for you both to, to take a, a stab on this. And the question is this, how to not equate your parents with God? How to not equate your parents with God? And I, I know that might, even as I'm saying it, I have a certain idea of what that means. You might have a certain idea, but we'd just love to kind of hear your thoughts on that question. Yeah. I'd love to hear from Roman first. Oh, that sounds great. Um, well, when I when I look at that question, how to not equate your parents with God, I almost feel like the question's being asked as, how do I not put my mom or my dad in the framework of God? Mm. Meaning like their word is the final word. Do I need to obey every single thing that's being said? When you kind of come back to a Thanksgiving or a Christmas dinner or however you celebrate the holidays, you're almost under that roof and they're there and it's like, okay, what what's my role in obedience and and do I have a say in things? And so when I see that question, it causes me to ask a couple of different things, right? There may be the young adult that's still living at home, yep. still getting their their bills paid for by their parents. And then there may be some that are married, away for college, moved out, have a job, paying their own bills. And so regardless of wherever you're at, God calls us to honor our mother and our father. Yep. God calls us to honor our parents. And there are hundreds of laws in the Bible if you read all throughout the scriptures. There's a lot. But of course, we think of the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments have all of the different laws. It's like, okay, these are some of the big ones. Yep. And within the Ten Commandments, there's one that says, honor your father and mother. And so what does that kind of look like, right, in not equating your parents with God? And I think it's really honoring their authority. So you look and say, what authority do they have in my life? Mm-hmm. And that authority is really looking and saying, am I under their roof? Are they paying my bills? Are they like, where are we at? Yeah. Or is it, do I honor their authority? Because where the young adult is at, I think we need to look at what authority they have in our life. Because if we are paying our own bills, if you're married, if you have kids, that authority looks a little bit different than mm-hmm. if you're in their house and totally. they're paying your car insurance, yeah. right? <laughs> and so then other that's than real. that, it's honor them as a person. Yeah, Like God calls us to honor everybody. And so that's full of respect. That's full of love, patience. Your parents are going to say something that you may not agree with, but it's honoring them through that. Um, and then it's honoring their position. They're always going to be your parent, regardless of what level of authority they have. Yep. And so I don't think that we're called to put them on the pedestal of God because that's only for God. But I do think we are to love our parents. We may not agree with everything they say. We don't need to be obedient to everything they tell us to do. But I think we are able to do all of that in an honoring way yeah. of loving them, uh, of being patient, respectfully disagreeing, and not making it where it's a... Now that I'm 18, I don't have to yeah. listen to what you say. It's because we need to look at what that authority looks like. In our yeah, life. you never outgrow honoring your parents. Yeah, if you're 25 yep. or 55, they're they're yeah. still your your parents, yep. and God calls us to honor them. Well, hey, Pastor Lisa, would love to kind of get your your ideas mm-hmm. on on that question as well. I'd love to just build off what Roman said because I think that um, as young adults, you are learning. So I would say, give yourself grace because mm. you're learning how to express your independence. And some parents are better at this than others. I'm trying to be good at this, of allowing my kids to be independent, make decisions, and feel the full weight of those decisions. Um, so, but then offering advice and like, so parents are trying to figure out, especially if you're the firstborn. That's me. That's you. So, you know, to all all you firstborns, I just want to say we're sorry. We're learning a lot on you, you know. So, but I would just go give yourself grace that you're trying to figure out, and it's natural that you need to have independence from yeah. your parents. 
you should be independent from your parents. It's, it's this, it's a, the runway is different for different kids. Yeah. Um, but allowing yourself to go, I may need to stay at home a little bit more and don't beat yourself up over it, mm-hmm. but look for places that you can um, spread your wings a little bit. But I would say, uh, yeah, just be, have grace for yourself to go. This is what young and adulting is about is learning how to be independent from your parents and you're probably not going to do well. And they're probably not going to mm-hmm. do well either. Yeah. Because they're they're it's learning good. too. It's a change for for both of us. It yeah. is, yeah, especially it really is. for me, like the eldest. My parents have never gone through the eldest mm-hmm. leaving the home, and I've mm-hmm. never gone through leaving the their home. home. So there actually needs to be grace for mm-hmm. for both parties because mm-hmm. we're just we're navigating this mm-hmm. kind of out, out in the good. open, yeah. building the the plane in the air, as they would say. Mm-hmm. We're we're learning as we go, and there needs to be grace for it. I love yeah. that so much. Yeah. Uh, this actually it, it transitions us in, into this next question, um, and we kind of just mentioned it. You know, no one's perfect. There's grace for everybody, mm-hmm. um, and we also know that our parents aren't perfect, uh, and, and the question was this. How can um, we lead our parents when they're making hurtful choices, or mm-hmm. honestly, how can we honor our parents, as the Bible calls us to do, when maybe our parents aren't living out the Word of God or making decisions that are hurtful to others or hurtful to ourselves? It's a very good question. I think it's, I would imagine it's a very challenging thing. I've actually had to live this out in my young adult life. And then just like you said, you're never not a child. You always have parents. Yep. Um, uh, well, hopefully, you know, my, my mom is still living. So she's um, almost 80 and I'm 50. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm still learning this. So it's kind of fresh for me. But um, so I would say, because as the question was, it originally said, how do I lead my parents? I would say, you don't lead your parents. Mm-hmm. A very healthy, emotionally healthy person would know they're not responsible for their parents. Yeah, that's great. I'm not responsible for my mom's poor choices. Um, I can have grace for them. And I could probably come along and help in some of those things. Um uh, but I'm not fully responsible for her choices. Yeah. And so I think um, really understanding that takes a lifetime to figure out. That doesn't just come easy. So right now I help my mom with a lot of things because she's um, elderly. And that's what I should do as a daughter who honors her mother. But she's made some choices to move far away from me. Yep. Wasn't mm-hmm. my choice. I encouraged her to stay close. Her responsibility now she's actually walking some of those things out because she's not near any family. Yeah. So again, not my responsibility. I'm not going to fix that or try to fix mm. that. That's a real practical way. I know it can get really emotional, especially if our parents are making morally poor choices. Yeah. But again, are you responsible for that? If you're living in that, like you mentioned, you're living in that and they're paying for you. I would go, your transition plan out of the house is probably a little bit quicker. Your runway is shorter, especially mm-hmm. if you're trying to live the way God's called you to live. Yep. And there's a lot of things in your home that isn't good mm-hmm. for you spiritually. You can actually make a transition plan without saying, you know what? I'm leaving this place because you're a bunch of heathens and you're no good for nothing, <laughs> non-Christians. And I want to be, you know, yeah. no, you're going, I'm going to respectfully start making a transition out yep. so that I can, I can. You're just going to get independence a little bit earlier. Yeah. And I had to have independence a lot earlier also. Wow, that's yeah. great. And I think how you do that, like you said, coming up with that, not just saying you guys are heathens, yeah. I think that is huge. <laughs> right? Because I feel like in the heat of the moment of the pain that we may be experiencing because of the decision that they're making, like it can kind of emotionally cause us to be like, I- I'm just done. Mm-hmm. But being able to pause and say, okay, I need to come up with a plan mm-hmm. because I've seen and have had so many conversations with young adults, adults that that share that they've had this now tension 
and this really just divide between them and another family member because of a way that uh, a departation yeah. happened, yeah. right? And so you saying like about creating that mm-hmm. transition plan is huge and not just acting out of emotion, but really processing and that prayer through that is so, so important because you never want to break off a relationship right. in that process. Yeah, and it all comes back to really honor. Yeah, Again, mm-hmm. there is a honorable way to separate yourself yep. from a household or, or a relationship. It doesn't have to be, like you said, yeah. Yeah. the heathens. Yeah. No. <laughs> Don't say that. You, you, you can respectfully and honorably mm-hmm. say, hey, like, Mom, Dad, it's time for me to, to be my own person. I'm going to go spread my wings. I love yeah. you guys so much. Um, thank you for what Thank you've you done. for the past how many years mm-hmm. of letting me live under your roof and everything you've given me. Mm-hmm. Um, can you help me move into my new place at the same time? <laughs> you know, <laughs> but yeah. there, there's a, a very honorable way to, to mm-hmm. do these things. And, and I think you're, it's a, it's a tightrope we have to, yep. to walk. And I think for all of us that are pursuing the word of God and pursuing the things of God, like Roman said, those are the prayerful moments that we need to have before going into a conversation yeah. of not just having the thought in your head and being like, all right, I'm going to do this right now. Like, <laughs> right. No, pause, yeah. pray seek godly counsel. How, how, how would you do this? Go like your pastors at your church. Mm-hmm. How would you handle yeah. this situation? Get counsel around you mm-hmm. before we make rash decisions. I, I know about in my life, I think some of the worst decisions I've made is when I'm just like laying on my floor <laughs> or sitting on my couch yeah. in isolation, thinking about something mm-hmm. and then just going mm-hmm. to it immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, without processing with anybody right. else. And I think that would be all of our encouragement if that's you. And mm-hmm. and maybe you're in a situation where, you know, your parents aren't making the best decision before you do anything. Have conversations with, with your pastors, with your young adult pastor, uh, because there is a way to honorably handle these conversations. And at the same time, you want to set yourself up right. for the relationship to continue. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought of something just here. Sorry, to, I hope I didn't interrupt no. you. But my brain is thinking about the person who actually, because you said, yeah, can you help me move out? And, and Which is a true thing. I mean, you know, but if you're having to have a shorter runway to get out of your house because, you know, God is calling you, you're probably practically going to have to resist spending money in ways that your peers are spending mm. money. Yeah. You may not get to have Starbucks Every week, you may mm. not get to have gym memberships because you're like paving your way. And I think that's a real, that's a discipline that I, I do know young adults, 18, 19 years old, who are actually stocking away, trying to um, forge their independence because they need to do it early. Yeah. And I just want to commend you for doing that because it's mm. not only resisting self, you know, just like instant gratification, but you're actually pushing against culture that says, I can have the new iPhone. I can have, I, I do Starbucks. It's really cool to have it in my hand wherever I go. Yeah. Um, but um, those are the kind of decisions some yeah. of some of young adults that are making. And so that may not be you. Yeah. That may you may be a trust fund kid and don't know what that means. Can everybody say Amen? Trust fund kids. I'd love to be a trust fund. Kid. <laughs> but um, no, they have their own challenges. But I'm just saying yeah. it's just um, that we're you're alongside. Every young adult listening, you're alongside someone else who may be forging that and to support them in that. Mm, yeah, and I think it's really figuring out what what's your path mm-hmm. and what do you need mm-hmm. to do in creating those disciplines. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Roman, I, I want to ask you a question, um, and, I, and I like this question too. Again, two words and a question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Love those. We're, we're fantastic. <laughs> young adults, thank you so much. We're fantastic at these questions. <laughs> but the two-word sentence, sibling comparison. 
How, how do we we go about? You're one of six, yeah. correct? One of six siblings. Like, mm-hmm. how do we go about life when some of your siblings are are married, some yep. are not? Like, what what does that look like? And how do we navigate kind of the messiness of maybe a mom and her dad being yeah. like, why can't you be like? Susie, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a real thing yeah. and, and asking those questions. Yeah. And yeah. That, what you just said was true. Like the, the question was a two word sibling comparison. Well, the answer is two words. It's real. <laughs> it's like, real. And, and so seeing that sibling comparison, it causes us to say, okay, how do we deal with this? And I think sometimes when we hear the word comparison, um, we immediately shun it. Like, okay, we shouldn't be doing that. Yep. When I think that there is a healthy moment of comparison, like saying, okay, like, this person I admire, my oldest sibling, I'm seeing them graduate college, I'm seeing them do all these things. It's encouraging me. It's actually really challenging me to evaluate my own life and say, where am I now and where do I want to be, right? But what about that comparison that you're like, they're doing that and I'm not. Or I'm doing this and you're not. Like I'm better than you, right? And I actually have a funny story because it had to do with the holidays. Again, being one of seven seven siblings, um, my brother lives in Orlando. My other oldest sister lives 18 doors down from the right. And my other sister that's married lives 10 houses down to the left. No way. And so the ones in like West Palm area are very tightly knit on the same street. So dinners are very quick. Hey, everybody want to come over. And so it's, it's not hard to get family gatherings together. Yeah. But my brother who lives in Orlando will come down occasionally. We'll go up. But holidays, he tries to come down as much as he can. And we have this thing where we're always like, mom, I'm your favorite, right? Or we'll say, I love you, mom. I love you too, because I'm your favorite and try to trip her up to say yes. And she's always like, you all are my favorite, right? That's probably mm-hmm. what the motherly and the parent yep. answer would be. And so we have a contest that when it's her birthday, when it's a it's a Christmas, when anything that we present a gift to her, all of us make our gift in hopes that we'll be the one to make her cry. Like hit the emotions, oh right? Goodness. So we'll do like the, like <laughs> the big long card. We'll do the like emotional, underlines. yeah, underlines and all that stuff. And the moment that we're all sitting around and we see the tear, we're like, I won. And so it's this <laughs> joke. And so it's always been about, I'm mom's favorite. No, I'm mom's favorite. And it's all about kidding. And one Christmas, I don't know if you have this in your um, tradition, but every Christmas Eve, we each get an ornament. And that ornament Love is that. kind of like one of the big things that happened during the year. And I'm pretty sure that this was 2020 because it was COVID. So we're not going to get a COVID ornament because that's just a constant reminder. You know they, you know they made those, I know right? they did. Right? Yeah. like toilet paper on them, like <laughs> yeah. Zoom logos. Oh, yeah. it's, no, it's, yeah. it's horrible. And uh, so my mom actually got us all an ornament that said mom's favorite. So Christmas Eve... All of us are opening it up and we have like, and then we look and everybody got it. So we're like, oh, okay, uh. like whatever. Now my brother <laughs> lives in Orlando, so he couldn't be there Christmas Eve. He came in Christmas Day. So when we're all sitting around opening our presents, this whole joke kind of passed by. My brother gets his ornament, Christmas Day. We've already gotten ours. So he opens his present and we're all just doing our thing and he sees mom's favorite. He doesn't know that we all got it too. Oh my so he legit goodness. thinks it's his. And he just like glances over to my mom and he goes... Like, yeah, like I knew it. And so it's just like a funny joke of like, we're all trying to kind of like put ourselves in a good standing to be someone's favorite, to be in the spotlight. And I really think like President Theodore Roosevelt actually said that comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. Mm. And the second that you realize that your joy is being taken from you, you know that you're comparing in a negative way and it needs to stop. And so when you're in the holiday season, when you're around your family and maybe friends and you're kind of comparing and you're realizing that's actually taking away from your joy, 
you know that it, it's going down a negative yeah. path and you yeah. need to stop. And, and this isn't really um, anything new. Like you look in the Old Testament and Joseph, like he was his father's favorite son. And it yep. was shown by the, the robe of many colors yep. and the brothers knew it. Joseph knew it. Joseph said the whole, I had a dream and y'all were kneeling down because yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm up there. And what did that do when it was unchecked? His brother sold him into slavery. First, they were going to kill him. Yep. But then they were like, no, we're going to sell him into slavery because I guess that's better. And, and so you may not be here today and you may not have that kind of comparison where your family is planning to like off you or like sell you into slavery. Yeah. But we see what comparison does yep. when it goes unchecked. And so I think it's so important. So what the antidote for comparison is when we recognize it is celebration. Yeah. The antidote for comparison Yep. is celebration. And it's recognizing that you are in your season of life where, where you have your accomplishments and I celebrate that. I allow that to encourage me and what I want to do. And, and in God's economy, there is no comparison, right? Yep. He, he says this crazy thing of the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And, and we see in Galatians for like, I'm not seeking the approval of man. And so when we realize that we're not doing these things for the people around us to say, oh, I, look at what I'm doing. We're not doing it for man. We're doing it under God. Yep. It, it changes our perspective. Yeah, and so great. you may be in the holidays, and if you feel at any moment that your joy is being robbed, your joy is leaving in the presence of all your family and friends as you're sharing what each of you are doing in your life or the success that you have or the degree that you got or whatever the case is, if you feel like that joy is leaving, it could mean that you're comparing in a negative way. And how do we change that? We change that by celebrating. Yeah, that's right. great. And I, I even think about Timothy too, about telling everyone to run their race, Yeah, you know, and like how, how important that is. I once heard, uh, once heard it said, if you're going to track me and you run your race and you look over in the other lane, like you're going to fall, like you, mm. you're, you're going to trip over your own feet. You're going to be off course. Um, and the truth is like, God has set a, a race out in front of every one of us. Yeah. Uh, and my race is not the same as Pastor Lisa's race. Right. It's not the same as Roman's race, yeah. but my race matters. And I need to run the race that God has called me to yeah. live. And it might not look like everybody else, but the beauty is that's, yeah. that's okay. And that's, that's yeah. how it's meant to be. Yeah. Uh, I, I, a couple more questions uh, just for us to kind of wrap up this time together. Um, and, and maybe if we can quickly touch on this subject, Thanksgiving's coming around, family's coming over differing opinions. <laughs> mm. We're all just eating turkey. And then someone mentions politics. What in the world? What do we do? How do we navigate it? Do we just go get more bread? Do we hang out in the kitchen and just wait till it passes? What, what do we do? It's a great question. Well, you know, in my, and since I'm the parent, I have the privilege of doing this, which everyone listening are young adults and can't, but I actually do say, Politics are left at the door. So Love once that. you cross wow. the threshold of my door, um, Mama Duval is in charge. And so <laughs> we're going to do and have conversations around things that unite us, yeah. not divide us. Love that. I have two young adults in my, um, in my, for my little quiver that likes to come show up at Thanksgiving. <laughs> and one of them is a liberal and one of them is a conservative. So there Good is there is a lot of rebut. There could be potential for rebuttal. Yeah, there yeah. is. And the truth is, if there were a spirit of dialogue, it would be one thing. Mm -hmm. But when it's a, a place of tension and um, division, then it's not allowed. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I have the ability to control that. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, everyone who's listening are young adults, and they're stepping into that environment. 
And so to yeah. that, we're going to ask Roman, what do yeah. we do, Roman? Yeah, we can't send a text to a group chat and say, politics, stop at the door, because most likely they're just going to talk about politics just to show you, you're not in charge, right? That's and, right. And so with yeah. that, number one, I, I love politics. Now, I'm not a journalist. I don't know all of the details of everything that's going on with every single issue, but, yep. but I enjoy the conversation. And it's actually, I heard a statement where a debate or an, a conversation shifts to an argument when you stop attacking the problem and start attacking the person. Interesting. And so I feel like for young adults, maybe you're actually very interested and you love to talk about the social issues that are going on in this country, around the world, whatever the case might be. I think that in answering that this question, we kind of have to answer it in that twofold thing. If you enjoy the conversation and you like politics and you're okay with the conversation, but then if you don't. And yeah. I feel like if you do enjoy the conversation... And you want to have that, a good way to be an example of how to effectively do that in a loving way is being quick to listen and yep. slow to speak. Slow to speak. Mm -hmm. Like you said earlier with mm -hmm. the in-laws, right? It's it's really about making more questions as opposed mm -hmm. to making statements and being able to, through your example, because when you're passionate about something and you're passionate, voices raised, not because we're angry or what, but because we're passionate. Oh, I want to tell you my opinion in this yep. and that and that. And it's a great conversation. But I think if you enjoy politics and you want to have those conversations, it's really steward that moment well and be an example of what that conversation needs to look like. If you don't, that's the thing where you said, and I think it's just practical steps. If something, oh, what about these gas prices? Which I mean, are the gas prices. <laughs> and the gas prices, let's say they bring that up. Take a moment. Don't stand up immediately after it's done. Because you know, like, you could tell if someone's bothered by something if they immediately stand up. And oh, you know. So, yep. so wait a minute or two. Get up. Get more cornbread. Get more stuffing or, or dressing. I don't know, like, which one do you go by. But, but do some practical things. Go make a phone call. Excuse yourself. If they ask you, what is your opinion on it? A quick way to release yourself from the situation is simply, you know, I don't know enough about the issue to really have an opinion. Love it. And, yeah. and so you're not forcing yourself into a corner to, to make a statement or, or share your opinion. But it's something like you could have it in three ways. Let it ride out and just don't talk. Mm -hmm. Remove yourself from the situation yep. in a way of just everybody needs another bowl of mac and cheese. <laughs> or, or to just... If you have to respond, just say you don't know enough to make a statement. Yeah, that's great. I think about um, if you read the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People yeah. by, by Dale Carnegie, yeah. amazing book. Um, but he has this one point um, where he says, you know, ask others about themselves. It's their favorite thing to talk about. Yeah. Um, and I think about that as well. Like, how do you diffuse a mm -hmm. situation is maybe looking at that one family member. And if you know their hobbies or what they do, hey, tell me about how's camping been? You know, how how is yeah. I think about uh, my grandfather loves the landscape. How, how's landscaping right. going? You know how how is X Y yep. and Z? And suddenly you have now just kind of turned the conversation mm -hmm. to really you're you're investing in other people. You're oh, asking them about how they're doing, mm -hmm. and suddenly that the conversation has shifted from yeah. maybe politics or division mm -hmm. to really this. I haven't seen you in six months. Right. Yeah. How, how are you doing? Right. And, and suddenly now you, you you've turned the conversation to be honoring, yep. to be loving, to be investing in other people. And I think if we can all kind of go in with that mindset mm -hmm. of, hey, I'm just going to ask my family members about them. Yeah. Right. Like leave my stuff at this side yep. of the table and I'm just going to embrace other people. Um, and I know that if we do that, we're going to add value to people. Yep. Right. We're going to add value to ourselves That's good. and our conversations around Thanksgiving dinner table. Yep. are going to be life-giving and yep. God-honoring. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Do you want a little Enneagram bonus right here? Tell me. Come on. Okay. So you know what? It would be great to know 
who you are and who's in your room, who's in the room with you. Now, I'm not saying you should type people, but you can probably figure it out. You yeah. know, you don't have to make an announcement. But if you know you're an assertive type, which are three sevens and eights, they're all assertive. Enneagram three, Enneagram sevens, Enneagram eights are all assertive. So you're going to come in. They're going to probably come in hot. Eights are going to come in real hot. And so if you're an eight, you need to dial yourself down at Thanksgiving. You need to think about something else to talk about, yeah. you know. Um, but um, two, one, twos, and six are compliant. They're going to be they're going to be laying low. They may squirt out with something here and there, but you know that that that's they're going to. And that's like I have to be okay. Twos do not like this kind of dialogue mm-hmm. at all. This feels like an argument. This feels like tension. This feels like hatred, <laughs> you know. But no, it's just a good yeah. good conversation. Yeah. You're where our families are learning and understanding. So I have to kind of go. It's okay. And then we have the withdrawn group, which are the fours, fives, and nines. And so you'll probably see them retreat to the kitchen with for the mac and cheese. For the mac and cheese, <laughs> yeah. and just allowing people to be what they are. Yeah. And, yeah. and you, good. if you're assertive, knowing that you probably need to take it down about four notches for Thanksgiving. Yeah. And um, just settle in, and maybe at those three numbers need to ask more questions. Yeah. So young adults, send in a link for everybody in your family to take the Enneagram. <laughs> 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 maybe don't do that. But now that we're talking about, I just want to know what are you. I'm Enneagram 2, the You're helper. Two. Okay. Yep. So, yes. I'm an Enneagram 3. Okay. So I'm a 1. And you're a 1. I'm a 1. Well, so you we know what about 1s? I did say they're compliant, mm-hmm. but they are confused sometimes with 8s because they're so morally, you know, integrous people. So that there's, um, or 8s are in ju- for justice. Yeah. 1s are about morality and integrous things, and so they can get fired up. That so makes, I would say ones you need to kind of watch yourself. Makes also. so much friend. My best friend's an eight, and so that gives me oh, the understanding stars. of why I have an argument with them every single time I see them. I love That's this right. table right now. One, two, three, four. I can't even count them all. I don't know. Yes, yeah. uh, <laughs> you, you were waiting for that, weren't you? I was waiting. I needed a fourth person to be at the table with us. It didn't happen. Um, but hey, we are we're wrapping up our time together. I, I want to ask one more question before we um, wrap up our time, and it's this. Um, and I really think this question is going to propel us into the, the holiday seasons. And we've touched on it a little bit. Mm. Uh, but the question is this, how do I prepare myself for what I know might be a troublesome situation with family? spiritually and practically how do we prepare um maybe some of these tips and tricks you're like but you don't know my mm-hmm. family mm-hmm. what are what are some great practical ways that we can really empower our young adults um to have the best holiday that they can have mm-hmm. yeah um i'll say this and this is a little quiz to if you you understand what i'm saying you'll get it if not i'll explain it in a second um don't go to thanksgiving or to christmas naked don't That's go naked. Great wisdom. And so many of you are probably like, uh, okay, yeah. I had to pass through my face right there. Like, <laughs> yeah. well, pa- well, well, the reason why I say that is because Pastor Todd a while back actually did a message on family tensions and preparing for the holidays. And one of the things that he talked about was Colossians 3.14, that it actually says, put on love. Out of all of these different virtues, dress yourself in love. Hmm. And so what Pastor Todd was saying, and this is going to give more clarity because you were probably like, oh, what is he talking about? Don't go into Thanksgiving or into Christmas or any family function that you may be worried about without first clothing yourself in love. In love. Not love being that. reactive, but actually being proactive, praying before you go, maybe reaching out to them before they show up just to say, hey, I'm looking forward to our time together and, and all of these things. And I'm reminded one of my life verses is really in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And in preparing for the holidays, young adults, I would even encourage you to read 
all of chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians because it so richly talks about love and and what to do, right? It says, love is patient, it's kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it isn't proud, it it doesn't keep a record of wrongs. And so when we look at those things, it's like, okay, these are all things that I want to do when I'm around a family tension and all of that different stuff. And Paul actually, after saying what love is, says you can do all of this stuff. Tell a mountain to jump and it will jump. You could heal the sick. You could even die for your faith. But if you don't love, God nowhere. And that word love that he's talking about, we've talked a little bit about how in the English language, we have one word for love and that's love. I could love my family and I love hot Cheetos, but like, that's it. And so hopefully I love them differently. I love, I love French fries. Come <laughs> you on. Love French fries, but hopefully we don't love that one French fry the same that we love our family. And so in the Greek, they have multiple words for yep. love. And the word that the apostle Paul is talking about when saying, do all of this with love is actually agape love. Yep. And the agape love is the love of God, the unconditional, unconditional love, love. Yep. that we can only extend as a direct result of the love we first received through Christ. And so, so I good. think preparing ourselves, it's not just through prayer and of course through reading the word, but really looking at first Corinthians and saying, okay, God, I want, if anything, that the holidays end, the family functions end with them being able to say, Roman was just full of love yeah, because of the so kindness, good. because of the faithfulness, because of the patience. And, and I find it in this too. We've, we talked a lot about the politics and this and that. I feel like when we can get to this point where we are loving and we're patient and we're asking questions about people, they may not agree with anything that you're saying because they may not be a believer or they may be in a different season or not believe what you believe. But when they see love truly being acted out, which yeah. is that selfless love, you may get a call two weeks, three weeks, a month, prior to like the next Christmas or holiday season saying, Hey, like I want to just run something by you. I'm going through this in my life. And I just wanted to get your opinion yeah. because of the example that we get to set I through just that. being faithful and loving people. That's so good. I love it. Good spiritual, practical things to do. I, I, I'm thinking of the family, the young adult who has a family that are far from the Lord mm-hmm. and, or um, they are in a volatile situation or it's really, or, you know, because I do spend a lot of time with um, lots of various families who don't have wholesome families. Yeah. They're they're entering into drugs, alcohol mm. abuse, you know, all these different kinds of things, or just sheer dysfunction. Yeah. yeah. So I would love to give hope to those young adults that are actually navigating those things, and give you give them permission to limit their time there. Yeah. Mm. Very practically, is that you can honor by showing up bring in the banana pudding or whatever it is and, and engaging in conversation. But you may know that this Thanksgiving, it's okay that you're going to spend an hour and a half and then you're going to yeah. leave and go, Oh, Roman invited me to his house. I have other friends, you yep. know, I have the other things to do. And so just um, preparing yourself that that's okay. I think sometimes yep. yeah. we need permission to do that. I had to do that a lot of years of my um, Thanksgivings with my family is I had to limit it um, because it really got out of hand about an hour after everything got started. Yeah. So, um, and I didn't want to be a part of that. Yeah. And so I did show up. I made connections, ate turkey, um, and loved on them. But the most loving thing that I could do, um, and still representing Christ and being faithful, yep. was make my exit a, a very timely one. Yeah. And usually that's when I give the gift, like I'd give a gift and go, oh, here's a gift for you, and we got to go. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, no, that's, I think that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I even think about, too, um, just the idea of setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. Like, and sometimes we don't think about setting boundaries with our yeah. family members, but I think you're 
absolutely it's okay. right, Pastor Lisa. It's it's okay, yep. and sometimes it's necessary mm-hmm. um, That's right. because we have to protect ourselves and right. where we're going to be and our mental capac- uh, capacity, our right. physical, spiritually, and yeah. we have to make sure we're healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and if being around some of those environments aren't going to produce those things, right. it's okay to set boundaries. That's right. It's okay. Yep. That's fantastic. Well, I, I don't know about you guys, but I have left uh, full today, uh, full of clarity, full of understanding of how to navigate uh, this upcoming holiday season. We hope that this podcast uh, blessed you, and we hope that it gave you some just practical practical tools uh, that you can take into Thanksgiving, which is, honestly, guys, it's just a week away. So if you haven't yeah. figured out what you're bringing <laughs> to Thanksgiving dinner, it's time. All right. Bread it's time. Pudding. Bread pudding. I love that. Actually, real quick, before we go, what is everyone's favorite Thanksgiving meal? Oh. Roman? It's tied between mac and cheese and stuffing. I love that. It's- Prime rib. Prime rib. All right. I love that. Well, I would Come say on. lamb rack if we could say anything. <laughs> Coming James over always house. makes prime rib. So, yeah, yeah. Sweet potato fluff Aww. for me. Okay. It's amazing. Yeah. I love it. Well, hey, young adults, it was another great episode of Young and Adulting. We can't wait to see you next time. We love you guys so much. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Young and Adulting. Don't forget to tune in Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. on our YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram at cf.youngadults. And if there's a topic you'd like to talk about, we want to hear about it. Send us an email or leave a comment with your thoughts. We'll see you next time.